here's what happened is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of So Here's What Happened. I'm your host, Nisha, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Carolyn. What's up? Yes. Um, thanks again for joining us for another episode in the new year. Um, yeah, we are back. It has been a while. Excited to be back and just talk about all the things we've watched in January and watched, mm-hmm. read, and uh, I'm going to go Carolyn, did you want to kick it off with the book? Right. Um, so to start off, the book that I've been reading this month is The mm-hmm. Passage, and it's the first in a tr- series of books by Justin Cronin. And the reason I started reading this book was because I started watching the TV show, which is the Fox TV show, mm-hmm. which is The Passage, starring Mott Paul Gosselar and Sadita and... Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on her name. <laughs> Shame on me. It's all good. You can always put it in the notes. Um, it's fine. Put it in the notes. Um, right. So I started reading the books and I ordered, like I was sending someone earlier today, I ordered all three books from the library, not realizing how big they were. And then I picked them up. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to read all three of these books because they're so thick. So I took oh, the, wow. the, the second and the third book back and I'm reading the first book now. And so the, the passage is a dystopian um, future, but the, the the thing that's different with this one, apart from a lot of dystopian novels that I've read, is it actually shows you how it happens, like the progression from mm. a civilized society into how it's how society starts to break down and the how the government is breaking down, and everything is falling apart. So that's a, I think this is the first time I'm reading a book where it shows you how everything progresses and it changes. So I haven't gotten too far into it because I've been I've been having to read it in snippets and bites because, you know, my brain. Um, but I really like it so far. Um, I think that, I think Justin Cronin is doing, from what I'm reading so far, he's doing a really good job of like making sure the reader gets to know the characters. So like the main character is Brad Wolgas, who's an FBI agent, which is a character p- played by Ma Paul Gosselaar in the show. And then there's another, there's a little girl, Amy Belafonte, and they're the main characters and the supporting characters are interesting and they're all different and there's something different and unique about them but the Mm. thing that I really like about them is the thing that really surprised me in the book is in the show Amy is a black girl she's a she's a I'm played by Sinead Sidney and Mm. in the book she's white and I literally paused when I was reading the book and I was reading the description I'm like wait huh (laughs) I was like I was honestly surprised that they changed that they changed the character for the show and Mm -hmm. well not the character as in her personality but like just her race alone and I really appreciate that and I and I really loved it and there is even a thing in the in the first episode where the in there's a scene where um Amy's reading A Wrinkle in Time and it's actually a and it's actually a an homage to the film A Wrinkle in Time and how um she and basically it's and I know as in as I was reading the book I'm like oh I get it because in the original book in A Wrinkle in Time the character is white right oh. but in but in the but in the film by um Eva DuVernay she's she's mixed like her mom is black and her dad is white and even like her mm-hmm. younger brother the adopted brother he's um he's asian right so i mm-hmm. think it was after reading the book i was like oh i get the call back to the film a wrinkle in time and to amy reading the book and so i thought it was really interesting it was a really and i think it was like a brilliant touch by the by the writers and the directors of the show but i really love the book and it's about it's, it's basically it's about how the hubris of man 
causes the mm. downfall of humanity. Like one man trying to do what some trying to play God can create can cause it can have a ripple effect that affects mm. literally all of humanity and it's it's like it's something that we as human beings that we we know we shouldn't do but then there's things that people they're like we i have the power and i will do it but you know there's a question of just because you can doesn't mean you should and yes. <laughs> <laughs> basically that's like one of the other main things of the pastor like just because you have the power to do this does not mean you should does not mean you should do it and exactly. um so as i said i haven't gotten too far into the book but i really like it. i really like the story so far i like the progression of how everything is a slow decline and like for for where I am in the book, Brad is finding out what's going on in the world, but he's finding newspaper articles, and then it's like we, the the readers, are finding out with him because you have an idea of what's going on, and he has an idea of what's going on, but you're never really too sure until like he gets a newspaper article, and you read it, and you're like, oh crap, it's all going to pot. And the other thing that's different is in you know when we watch a lot of dystopian films, like they always everything is always centered around America, right? Everything mm-hmm. is happening in America. We have films like Total Recall. You have the Hunger Games. You have um, what's the other one? The one with Shailene Woodley. Oh, the Divergent. <laughs> the Divergent series. All those kind yep. of films. Everything always takes place in America. Well, there have some that are like European, but the the most well known ones are always like North America, and everything always takes place mm-hmm. in America. We never see what hap- was happening in the rest of the world. And the oh. difference with the book is the book is telling you what other countries are doing. So like there's other people. So there's like other countries they're having like we we get like news like newspaper articles that saying that the other countries are blocking off transportation um, by air and mm. by sea from the u.s they're like not accepting anything from the u.s and like i think that's interesting because i've never seen that in a book or in a film so yeah i'm 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 waiting to see what the show does it the show like gives us that kind of thing once that happens once we're going around but i'm, I'm waiting to see if the show does that and i think it would be a really good way to include make it a more global to make it more global yeah, to make everything more global instead of just isolated to the to like their little pocket of society in North America. Yeah. So so as I said, the, the, is the book the the passage by Justin Cronin, and I really recommend it if you like. It's a zombie book, but I think it's more than that. It's a lot of politics, but it's a lot of uh, world building. But then it's also the relationship between Brad and Amy. Mm-hmm. Like they have a really good father and daughter relationship, and like it gives you like from how he begins to like change his um his self his self to fit her and i think that's something that mm. i don't really see in books either like it shows you like his his thought process to like he's like okay to protect her this is what i have to do so i have to adjust my schedule to fit her and that kind of stuff oh well i like that i'm gonna definitely check it out i might try to find the audiobook though because since you said the books are pretty thick because i have a ha- terrible <laughs> habit of stopping halfway books and picking up another book i'm terrible at it y'all they're big when i saw the page in the book i'm like the only other book i've ever read or attempted to read that was that was that thick was a war and peace war and peace Mm. is like my challenge book i i i when i was 20 i said i'm gonna read this before i'm 25 when i hit 25 i was like i'm gonna read it before i'm 30 i'm 35 (laughs) and i still have not finished reading that book and because it has too much darn characters man there are too many characters like literally every chapter there are Two and three new characters, and it's like, and everyone is a princess, this or prince that, and like, huh? Who? What? No, I can't. (laughs) 
See, like, okay, a little story of my past. I had an English teacher who was terrible. Like, she, but she would give extra credit. Like, you was going to get 100 points extra credit for your grade if you finished reading War and Peace from the beginning Mm-mm. of the semester to the end. Let me tell you, I, didn't, I wasn't one of them students that needed the extra credit. I wanted it because then I wouldn't have had to take the final. I tried to read that book in a month, and I failed. So I understand that challenge. It is not... It is not an easy task. No, uh, it's yeah, not an easy book to read. My goodness. It is not. That's why she made it, gave you 100 points. Evil I'm woman. Like, just let, just uh-huh. fill me now, lady. I'll take the C. Give me. I don't need the 100 points. Right. What's it going to do? <laughs> yeah. But um, to talk about the passage just a little bit, I'm really in, I'm interested in like checking out the books, though, for real, because I like what you said about how they explore the issues globally because you're right yeah. like the walking dead has been focused on atlanta for the longest time and then now they have fear of the walking dead but it's like i want to know what's going on like in china or like all and like overseas in europe like how are they dealing with this epidemic and stuff because it's like it, that's something i'm always interested in like if this were to ever happen in real life i want the countries to know you have to shut it all down immediately <laughs> and contain exactly. it but no, like, I feel like no passengers from the states, no one, <laughs> right? No one is leaving and no one is coming. Y- y'all just have to, st- y'all got to stay where you at. That's it. Mm-hmm. People in the air have to stay in the air. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, but like, that's something I'm always interested in seeing, like how, like, because I feel like there's eventually it should pl- like play into a plot and some stuff um, in a bigger way. Um, but no, that's cool. Thank you, Carolyn, for that recommendation. Um, mm-hmm. On to mine. So. Kingdom Hearts 3 came out, so my reading time has been cut down drastically. Just gonna let y'all know that right now. Um, but I have found time to read. It is another Webtoon comic. <laughs> I have a problem. Also, I've noticed I'm having a bit of a romantic bug hit me lately where I'm looking for rom-com things. So this one is called My Giant Nerd Boyfriend. It is adorable, and it is goals. Um, the artist's name, she goes by Fishball. Um, what? There's, there's a whole. She goes by Fishball. Like that's not her real name, obviously. But like that's what she. Know, that's yeah, her artist so. name. Yeah. Um, so the summary is like having a boyfriend who's a foot taller than you might seem adorable at first, but it usually just ends up causing a whole bunch of minor inconveniences. Follow Fishball as she navigates the Malaysian life with her six five geeky boyfriend. Like, there is a they have an actual picture and I'm just like and she's like my height she's like 5'5 five, five or 5'4 five, and like her her man is like 6'5 I'm like this was meant for me you you're calling you you were dragging me okay she she, she dragging all of us <laughs> what about the people that shorter than that I'm 5 feet <laughs> Especially if they're like super tall, like six feet over me. Like, I want that tree. I want to climb it. <laughs> right? Like, I'd be telling my me. friends who are taller than me. They'd be like, Nisha, he's too tall. I'm like, I can climb. What y'all mean? Exactly. <laughs> God made heels. God gave us heels for a reason. And I can yeah, climb. I'm yeah, exactly. Like, I'm up for the challenge. <laughs> yes. We like Winston Duke. Holler at me. Florian Montanu, come on, holler at me. <laughs> but there, so sorry, y'all. We're already thirsty. It's 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 been a long day. Um. Anyways, I'm trying to stay wholesome, Carolyn. We're trying. This is a wholesome podcast. Serious face. Serious um, face. 
Anyway, so basically the story kind of follows their lifestyle and everything. They're living together and like how it tells their story. And like it's really like a slice of life where each um, new edition is just like a short story of like maybe something that's going on or like they talk like and it's very honest and real. Like they'll t- she'll do a strip where it's like maybe they had a fight and she does a really good mm-hmm. job of like conveying what does a fight feel like between a couple and like it feels like a chasm has opened up between you um, and like there's this like barrier now that you try to need to you both have to fix together I'm just like oh look at this thing giving me relationship advice I'm like okay I can learn from this and then other times it just kind of like highlights um, how he's an artist and she's an artist and how like they kind of like ended up together like tells the different stories like why she loves him and it's like it's not all like all lovey-dovey some of it's just like very real and raw um and i mean like just relationship goals i mean all of us just want a six five man um who's geeky and nerdy and not toxic and supportive i'm just saying um but i will also say what i like is that she also kind of talks about how when she was growing up and she felt like she was dealing like with some like not like body image issues and like how people made fun of her because she is short and um, like she'd been hurt before in relationships. I'm like, I think I appreciate like the artist sharing her personal life and journey through mm-hmm. relationships and dating. I think that's really sweet and like very relatable to the fact where it's like, yeah, not like sometimes we don't plan on meeting somebody and we don't really think of ourselves as being with someone. And then like out of nowhere, someone just like crashes into our lives and it can all change around and mess up our plans. But then Mm -hmm. love happens. I'm just like, that is very real. So I appreciate it. And it's told in a funny way. And I like her art style. So that's another Webtoon comic y'all can check out. Yeah, well, I guess that's why they call it falling in love, right? Because you're like, you're going about your business, and then all of a sudden it's like, Bloop, who's this person? It's like falling into a hole. It's like, what is happening? How did I get here? <laughs> do I want Do I want to climb out? Do I want to stay in this hole? <laughs> right. Oh, totally. Oh, man. Well, yeah. And now on to the TV corner. <laughs> We're not going to talk too much about relationships because I could stay here all day. <laughs> um, but you're up. What'd you watch for TV? Mm-hmm. What did you watch for TV? For, for my TV show, I'm going to talk about Kingdom. Yes, the epic I was, I Korean. Yeah, you picked Kingdom. Okay, let's get into yes. this. <laughs> we get to have a little extra long discussion. Okay, we did not plan this, y'all. Yay. Okay, you go. You start. Uh, okay, so anyone who has been listening to our podcast for the last few months know how much. I love K-dramas. And yep. if you follow my Twitter feed, you know how much I love Trey to Busan. It is literally my mm-hmm. favorite horror. It is one of my favorite movies. It is one of my favorite Asian movies. It is one of my favorite things, period. And when yep. I saw the first, first mention of Kingdom, I literally was in my house and I was like, yeah, I was all excited. Then I saw the trailer, I was like, yeah, so we got an epic, a Korean epic um, zombie flick, um, zombie series set in the Joseon era. And I'm like, give me all the palace angry, the betrayal, the lies, the deceit. Yeah, give me zombies. Give me all of it. <laughs> and a fashion, like, oh, the fashion. Oh, the handbox. Oh. Um, but yeah, so like, like I think I tell like I am excited about this thing. So we like tweeted it a couple weeks ago from from Erin that this podcast like a couple weeks ahead of um, before we like tweeted it for Saturday Night Sci-Fi, and it was one of the funnest things ever because like a lot of people do not um, watch like Korean dramas. A lot of people weren't, weren't sure what to expect, and I've been part of my life tweeting is advocating watching. 
Korean, not only Korean dramas and films, but like just internet, just like foreign um, films and foreign shows. But like, you know, my thing is mostly like Asian and like Korean dramas. And like, I'm like, I'm happy that I introduced a lot of people to the um, to the genre. But this show, so okay, so the show stars um, Beiduna and you. Um, so like the Korean, the proper Korean way of saying it will be Beiduna because that's her first, her last name and then first name. But if you go and look for her at IMDb, it will say Duna Bay. And if you watch Sense It, you would recognize her. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. She was mm-hmm. on Sense It and she played, and she played, she was also in Cloud Atlas too. She was Tilda and Megan's mom in Cloud Atlas. She was also in The Host, which is a Korean horror film. Um, and she played Park Namju and in Sensei she played um Sun Bak right and so mm-hmm. when I found out about her casting I wasn't familiar with most of the other actors but there's a few of the background actors I recognize from K-dramas but when I saw her casting I was excited because she was one of my favorite characters from Sensei and mm-hmm. then I saw who the directors and the writers were so the director is the director of a K-drama called The Tunnel and the writer is the director of a K-drama called Signal. Now I haven't watched either of these shows but I've read a lot of reviews about them and a lot of comments about them on Tumblr and on a few other websites and these are supposed to be one mm. of the most top rated K-dramas especially in the sci-fi genre and both shows are about time traveling but they're also very different and and I think what because the director and the writer they they write sci-fi and zombie falls into um sci-fi in a in a sense and it's also horror but what they did so brilliantly with kingdom is the tension like once the yes. uh, the tension once they start the action it does not let up and it doesn't make you like tired and it doesn't oh. get boring like they every curveball they throw every twist they throw like you cannot anticipate what the hell is going on and that's one of yes. the things I love particularly about Asian especially Korean dramas like there's some like even when they have tropes that are like like there's certain tropes that happen in a K-drama like you know there's the back hugs there's the tripping out of possibly no way you know what I mean and then there's but then when they throw in a curveball it's like what the hell I did not see that coming after Kingdom there was especially the last episode my gosh I was literally like what the hell just happened I'm like just watch this show like everything the acting is so good and one thing I really that was unexpected was the comedy and the mm-hmm. comedy came mostly from Beiduna's um, Beiduna's character, um, Sobi, and her thing, her her um, her character is more like the language she uses isn't as formal as like the other characters in the fact not that she speaks more um i guess she, i think she probably speaks more informal korean too but like the dialogue she uses is a bit more informal like she like literally shade she throws so much shade it was like ridiculous and i love that about her character but also i love the interactions between the king chang and his and his um servant um and like their interactions were so good but then there's these other characters that were surprising and i just love the show just like i love it i love it i love it i love it and i can't wait to watch it again so your turn to talk about it (laughs) okay yes like i basically want to say everything you said times three like (laughs) the tension yes even without the zombies there Mm -hmm. was tension like yes can we just like talk about the print okay question so the princess 
or the queen. What is she? The queen. She'll be the queen. Say- she'll be the empress. Um, so she, okay, so like her her formal title is mama. So like I had that experience. Okay. So I'm like, when they say mama, they're not calling yeah, think- her mother. That's literally okay. the, the, the term for your highness. Right. But yeah, she's a, fr- I love her character. Oh, wait, sorry. You had frozen for a little bit, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I love um, her character. Yeah, I love her character. She's conniving and evil. And when you found out when they undressed her, mm-hmm. I screamed. I sat up in my bed and I said, bitch. <laughs> I know. My sister and I were like, how? My sister, I bet you she's not. And I'm like, I even even though I kind of saw it coming, I was like, no way. Because I yeah. actually really thought she was. Look, because that's something that has happened in other K-dramas, especially the period ones. I'm like, oh, this is what's going to happen. But I was like, what? You know, I'm just going to spoil a little bit. I thought the baby was a zombie inside of her and started eating out of her. So I'm like, I was like, I didn't even that could have been possible. But no, it didn't make sense. I mean, she would have had to sleep with the, with the listen, no. Okay, yeah. so do we yeah. spoil, do we go into spoilers here from, from here or not? Yeah, go ahead. Let's spoil. I mean, like, it's only okay. six episodes and we still got another season that's going to be coming. I know, but so one thing we cannot spoil is the ending. Like, yeah. we will not spoil the ending, people. No, so no, from no. here on, spoilers up until the ending of episode six, because that twist is something that you have to enjoy Ooh, for yourself. Yes. Um, but yeah, so when she took off her dress and she was not pregnant, I said, like you said, you're like, bitch. I'm like, what the hell? This happened. She conniving. I'm like, you know what? I appreciate your level of deceit because like if you're gonna commit commit fully <laughs> mm-hmm. commit to the commit to the treasury like and the thing the is, is i was <laughs> exactly i wasn't really expecting her to not be pregnant because there's a few korean there's especially for the period ones when there's a pregnancy of the empress and or i should say the queen involved usually what happens is um they would have like concubines or they bring like women from the village and they'd be pregnant so like in case because you know always have to be a son they always have to have a, a son to inherit the throne they'd be like just in case she's pregnant with a girl we will take a son from either the maid or concubine or someone from the village and we will raise that child to replace the daughter that was born so i thought that's what they were going to do because you know we had the women there and she's like feeding them literally like, doing the fatty calf like feeding the women like healthy and keeping them healthy and then when she took off the, the the dress, I'm like, she's not even pregnant. Right, what? right. What? <laughs> like this scamming everybody, and everybody. her daddy is helping all along the way. I just. But does the father even know that she's not pregnant though? I think he doesn't. I th- see, okay. Oh my god. I don't think another he knows. Layer. But see, okay. I really don't think he knows that she's not pregnant. I think he really believes that she's pregnant. But if he does not, that shows even more how badass she is. Because she's like, you think you can control me? Like, guess what, fool? I'm running this show, but you don't know. True. I'm like, what? True. Because I'm guessing he doesn't know about all the pregnant women that she has in that no, house. No, I don't think he knows that either. Because at first, I, I thought like- it was his house. And like, it's, I, maybe I misread. Maybe I misread the subtitle, because um, I thought it was like they said, like, "Oh, who's the master of this house?" So I assumed like, "Oh, master." So it must be her dad's house. And then at first, I didn't realize what was going on. I truly thought like, "Oh, they're trying to protect these women," um, but no, they not because like, why would they protect these women after you find out like, "Oh, why would they want us? We're widows," or like, or we're whores. They said like widows and whores. And I was just like, "Oh my god, this woman is going to steal somebody's baby," and oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just and oh, when we find out wh- who one of the pregnant women are, that really got me. I was just yes! like, oh no! I was like, no! I was like, yo, if she dies, it's gonna be rupture in the place. Do you think they killed her? Do you think they killed her? 
Listen, I don't think she's dead, but if anything happens to her, literally, you know how people will say, if it's great, if you have her hair on her head, I believe with every family, if in this show, if a hair on that woman's head was to be harmed, Mm. it would be a riot in the place because no, listen, no, when I saw who it was, I was like, no, I'm like, they can't touch this woman. Like, that would be like, okay, so again, spoiler. So the woman that we're talking about is the prince's bodyguard's wife. So he Mm -hmm. sent his wife to the palace because he thought she would be safe Mm. with the queen. But the thing with this bodyguard and his relationship with the prince is, even though he's like a more mature gentleman, like mm-hmm. what I like about him is that he can fight. And I appreciate the fact that they're showing older characters being able to fight. Like, like, uh, like you know, like the the old, the the guy, the general who's who's the who basically became a monk who went to live in the the mountains. Like his whole crew is like more mature men, and they're all like badass. You know, like the scene in the field. I'm like, all these men can fight. So I appreciate when they show that the mm-hmm. bodyguard that he can fight. I'm like, so when did they? that and then they showed his wife i'm like if she gets harmed or if she dies he is going to wreak havoc and i feel he would kill the queen and not cure i believe he would be like you know what you got to die yep queen or no queen and it's just bad luck (laughs) you the first one to be pregnant and you had a son it's just it is <gasps> it is the worst of luck. You thought you were gonna be safe here, and you end up having a son, and oh, the just uh, the greediest queen. I can I hate her and love her. Like I really truly really hate her. She's so scared. You love to hate. You love to hate her. I love to hate her because I'm just like wow, she's terrible. And then like I think I was just trying to figure out the whole time is like what is up with y'all beef with this like with the prince and then I found out like as I like paid more attention because at first for me sub sometimes it's hard for me to pay attention so I was just like I really got into it I was like oh this goes deep like y'all deep. Ooh, right y'all really trying to just like kill him off okay right because they're trying to get they're trying to get him off the throne they're trying to because if she because what happens is because he's the prince but his mother was a concubine yeah so if because his both of his parents weren't royalty. He mm-hmm. can't necessarily inherit the throne unless mm-hmm. if his, if his father doesn't get a pure blood heir. So in other words, the current wife, the king's current wife, which will be the prince's stepmother, she is she's guess you would say um, not royal blood, but she's like uh, pedigree because her father was a, is a minister, so she has the mm-hmm. pedigree to be like being married to the king. She and and because she's married to him, like but her any her any son that she has, it will be a direct heir to it will be a direct heir to the throne. Yeah, but if she bears a daughter, the prince is the one who's going to inherit the throne. So they're like basically, and, but the prince was like, my father is not fit to be king because mm-hmm. like. Should we spoil this? I don't want to spoil what's up with the king either. But he's not fit. So like he's saying this proclamation, saying the father isn't fit to be king, which he was right to do because the man is not fit to he be king. He is not fit to be king. <laughs> he is Can not. we talk about that a little bit? Because this man is dead. He is dead, dead. And he's been dead. And they keep lying. And I'm just like, okay, y'all are making it worse. Like, watching all like these big heads like this in the castle. Make no try sense. To- <laughs> Like he is dead, y'all can smell him. He is. I just could not get over that. And they're just. And then he. There's a scene where they prove it to people. Like clearly, you can see he's alive. He's moving. I'm like, <laughs> like what? They're, that's like trying to pull the biggest um long con ever. Right. They're like literally trying to gaslight those people. They're like, you what you are seeing? Do not believe what you see with your own eyes. Believe what I tell you. What you got mm. some gall 
he got some gall. It like, is you know so. Why. Um, I just, I, I just couldn't. I cannot stand him either. I'm just like, wow. What? Y'all are risking people being eaten up by some zombies for this nonsense. Okay. I just. It would be easier to impersonate the king than to let a zombie know, right? king still live in the palace because them chains are thin. What? Can we talk about that? For, I know I keep saying, look, can we talk about it? But like, y'all, I have so many issues. They don't know how to deal with zombies, obviously, because it is ancient Korea. But them chains are going to snap and I bet you the minister is going to get bit. I hope he gets eaten because, like, you fool. Like, these chains can't hold him. They are, so, so, they are like, like a necklace. It looks like, like, the chains, they're, like, a little fancy, bit bigger but than... For, uh, but ineffective. And you know, like, how you said the tension in there? Like, okay, so every time he snaps up, I just, I feel like, oh, yes. it's going to break. It is going to break. You're Somebody waiting important. for the cuffs to break. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, but I can't wait for season two. I'm so hyped. I'm like... I need it. Like, is it airing live somewhere? Can we get an access code or like something to get it earlier? Because I need it so bad. Uh, uh, no, I know they. I know they've already um, approved season two. So season two is going to show. They're. I'm not sure if they're in production, mm-hmm. but because they had already ordered a season two by the like literally the same. I think the day after, or, like maybe the day of it was Dang. released on on Netflix. But that's a really mm-hmm. good sign, and I'm like. I'm all about Netflix getting behind the Korean dramas because like, it makes it more yes. accessible to like everyone. Mm-hmm. But like Kingdom is like legit. This this is like I, I promote it. I'm talking yep. about it all the time. I will be I like, thought, listen. I thought I had been burned out by The Walking Dead. But this mm-hmm. has re this has the revitalized. Walking Dead cannot touch this. Yeah, th- it cannot. Like this has revitalized my love for like zombie movies because like like just like carolyn said i love train to busan that is that that is the most perfect zombie movie in my opinion Mm -hmm. like it is the most it is the most perfect one it has a clear concise story and it is Mm -hmm. you fall in love with the characters love it same thing goes for this i loved all of it i can't wait i might just rewatch it again Listen, we're gonna be watching again because um, William Yu on Twitter wants to like tweet. I'm like, listen, I did it a couple weeks ago. I'm, I'm ready for round two. I I will re- I will watch this movie. I will watch this show repeatedly. Let's do and it. another thing that I love about it, um, is people make common sense decisions. Now, this is another reason why I love Train to Busan mm. because it doesn't. It's not filled with a whole bunch of tropes. Yeah. And and one of the things I love about Train to Busan is when the main characters, the main group. They made a plan, and everyone stuck to the freaking plan. No one mm-hmm. was going to be like, how about I go look there? Like, no, no, no. We're <laughs> like, we have a plan. We're going to go forward. We're going to keep moving. This is what we're going to do. Everyone agreed. Yes, everyone is, we all for it. Yes, we all going to move on one, two, three. Everybody moves on one, two, three, and yep. go. And that's what keeps the story driving. Like Everyone sticks to the plan, and it keeps the story going going forward. Same mm-hmm. with Kingdom. They had a plan, and they're like, this is what we're going to do, and it's going to work, and it was working. And I'm like, yes. I'm like, yep. no one is making... Well, there are a few people making stupid decisions, but it wasn't the main cast, and that's the important part. And I'm like, yes, you made a plan a common sense plan that we're gonna do and i'm like i love that just that alone because i hate when people make plans in, in, in films or tv shows and people do something stupid and it's like but why the plan you had was gonna work mm. not in kingdom like everyone had a plan and they stuck to the plan true which i, <sighs> I just do love like that show. just follow instructions and we will all live 
That, exactly. That is it. Just follow the plan, and I can guarantee all, if if not most of us, will make it out alive. That is <laughs> the first plan, like the first the ob- rule. The objective is for everyone to survive. Yes. And as long as you like, stay in line, we're good. Yeah. That's like with... Um, the the part there's a, the the scenes with the with the prince when he meets the villagers he's like okay mm-hmm. this is what we're gonna do yep and the villagers listen yeah they were like you know what the man said to run everyone ran mm-hmm. no one stuck around to ask stupid questions no one tried to go on their own path they're like no there's safety in numbers and we're all going to just run and I'm like you know what kudos to you villagers for listening to the prince mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So y'all go watch Kingdom and like also when Carolyn does a live tweet, join in with us because it'll be fun. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you enjoy this show, so why not enjoy the live tweet? I um, know, right? So right for like, please you can follow Saturday Night Sci-Fi. So it's hashtag yes. Saturday Night Sci-Fi. And so like we did it a couple weeks ago, but I'm probably going to do it again with a few. I'm not sure what hashtag we're going to use, but yeah, just follow the hashtag every Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, and you'll see what we're watching. Sounds good. All right. And lastly, to wrap up, let's move it on to the movie corner. What movie mm-hmm. would you like to talk about? Um, okay. So the movie I'm going to talk about is a documentary. And it's um, the horror noir, um, horror and black movies documentary with Tanana Revju, um, direct, And it's about... <clears throat> Sorry. And it's a, it's a documentary about the history of black people in film, especially in mm. horror films. And Love it. it's I watched it, it's screen and by the time this episode comes out, it'll be it'll be available on Shutter. So if you don't have a Shutter account, you can get a Shutter account, you know, you can probably do, you know, like the monthly subscription for free, something like that. <laughs> but I recommend it because it's a very important documentary because it shows why like how horror film portray how black people have been portrayed in horror films from the impetus of um, film up until present day and the most modern film that one that that's referenced is in it is um, Ghetto and there was also a few I think there was like a, a trailer scene for us by Jordan Peele mm. and it, it talks about how as I said black people have been portrayed in in, in the in horror in horror films and you so this started with like Night of the Living Dead which um starred Dwayne Johnson he was the first black man to have a lead in a horror film but even then if you watch the film like he doesn't have such a happy ending he dies mm. but it also talks about the the, stereoty- the, stereoty- the stereotypes and the tropes that black people have been portrayed as so like you have always had like the mammy or like the the comic the comic the there was always like the black man who was there for comedic offense um mm. effect you know they acted stupid and they acted like they didn't have any common sense they were there to like pull fun at and then there was also like how we are portrayed like visually like you know and there was something that and that was done and I'm like oh I didn't even uh, uh, that's never occurred to me like there was like creatures so you know like how gorilla um King Kong is like you know he's a giant gorilla and there's always a, the there there's always the racial um or I should say the racist um Stereotype that he's a represent he's representative of what white people saw black people, especially black men, as as like you know mm. animals and like there's a whole thing like so there's King Kong he's this big black beast and then there's this delicate white woman and then there's addressing that and then there's addressing how 
women were portrayed in um, horror films, especially in the black exploitation era, mm-hmm. where like they're always sexualized and they're always there as props and they were always there, you know, to be basically to be victims, right? And yeah. so, but then there's also films like um, Tales of the Crypt, which starred Jada Pinkett Smith, and which was Jada Pinkett at the time, where she was the final girl, so she was the first black female character, one of the first black female characters to make it to the end. Mm-hmm. And just I, I, I would just recommend this film to watch to anyone who loves film and who loves learning about the history of film, but also as just as a good documentary because it's very, um, it, it's, it talks about a lot of films, films that I've never heard about that I'm mm-hmm. going to watch because of because they were mentioned in the documentary. But it's important to understand when why films like Get Out is so important to us mm-hmm. and why they matter so much because people always tell black people you have to learn to separate like why does everything have to have race I'm like well when everything about us is applied down to our race like we can't yeah. separate us we are black I'm a black woman I can't separate being a woman and being a black woman I can't mm-hmm. and because that's how society has functioned right that's what society has made me so aware of my blackness I can't I can't escape it and like I'm proud to be a black woman I'm not gonna run away from it so when you have films like Ghetto and and then you're gonna have us and then there's other horror films that talk about blackness like it's important to have that context so I would recommend it for anyone who's black or non-black to watch it to understand why we are why we always why why talking about our race is so important right whether Mm -hmm. it's in a horror film a thriller an action a comedy a rom-com it's important that these things are addressed right so I would recommend that to anyone Awesome. I'm definitely going to try and watch that. Like, maybe I'll get it on iTunes because I just I can't afford another watch thing. Everything has my money already. Um, another streaming oh, service. But no, because I love horror. Like most people who follow me on Twitter, like y'all know I love horror movies. Um, and I think that's just like an interesting like, I don't think I've ever heard of something like that. Like, I don't think I've ever, and I've ever seen anything that kind of goes into that much depth of like of black horror which I'm interested in. Like, I think, when I think of black horror, the first movie I can think of is, like, Vampire in Brooklyn. But that's, like, mm. even then, it's, like, it's, it, it, like, it's kind of a comedy, but at the same time, it's, it is a dark comedy, and I'm, like, that was my first introduction, and then Candyman, even though, you know, it's only the villain, like, Candyman is the only black one, the main black character and all that other stuff, so, like, that's always piqued my interest to see more black horror yeah. so i would love to like dive in and learn more about that so i'm definitely looking forward to that um speaking of horror i did watch a horror movie um but it is also based on valentine's um so i kind of cheated but um and i watched it on february 1st but it's so good i want to recommend it now because y'all can check it out maybe if you're in the mood and you're single you, or if you can watch it with your boo and look at them sideways so basically hulu has this series and and, um an anthology horror series that features tales that are inspired by the holidays and the series is called um into the dark so the one for february which is basically like a valentine's day theme one it's called down um, a pair, and the, this is the summary. A pair of office workers get trapped in an elevator over a, valent- a long Valentine's Day weekend, but what at first promises to be a romantic connection turns dangerous and horrifying in a mashup of rom-com and horror gen- genres. So, again, when I was watching this, there are a few twists where I had to sit up and I yelled at my TV. I was like, "Son of a bitch, they got me." <laughs> it is. It is. The twist will get you. And I think I might write 
a post about this that kind of dissects it a little bit once we get close to the Valentine's Day. Because when yeah. you first watch it, you're like, oh, how is horror going to be played into this? It looks like a cute story about two strangers that meet on an elevator, like you know in most rom-coms. Mm. And I thought, like, I thought the horror part was going to be them surviving four days in the elevator, you know, like, maybe it was going to deal with the psychological trauma of being trapped and, you know, claustrophobia. I was wrong. It gets dark. It get, it, it is good. And the twist will get you. I, I'm, appreh- I'm apprehensive to spoil it because it is really, really good. And I want y'all to watch it. But... Just go watch it. I'm not going to spoil it. For once, I won't spoil it. Carolyn, you have to watch it or something. I will. I've been getting back into horror film because Yay. recently I watched, um, ahead of the screener for the horror noir documentary, I watched um, Candyman. I watched Blackula. Mm-hmm. And Ooh, Blackula's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> but I've been getting back into horror. Like, I, I, like, I should say, like, I, like I've always, I, I'm always watching horror. At least, like, I watch Straight to Busan. I watch Kingdom and stuff. But I mean, like... Like the old school horror films, like films that I probably watched like years ago when I was like too young to be watching um, horrors, but now I'm watching them as an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Candyman, when I was younger, I watched because they came out in 1992, but I probably watched it when I was around 10. Mm-hmm. And I had no business watching that film because I remember that film scared the crap out of me. And yes. I never even watched it to the end. And uh, so then I watched it now as an adult. And I'm like, there's a lot of context to, what, to the film and what it means. And like before, it was just a whole buzzing in the bees and like um, the voiceovers by Tony Todd and he like his creepy voice and stuff that scared me but now there's like a lot of stuff in it that I, I, I um that I as an adult can't pick up but then there's like Blackula which I had always heard of but I never watched and I'm like this film like 70s cheese at its best mm-hmm. like if you want a good laugh watch it <laughs> <laughs> oh that's nice yeah well yeah definitely like so horror seems to be a theme with us today because <laughs> we know, to, right? it's so funny. I'm like we just like we were on the same wave like the great minds think alike but yeah i like that so i'm definitely maybe i'll revisit a few other ones like after watching the your recommendation because like i said i love horror and i like exploring more things behind the scenes so that sounds really yeah. good too um so yeah and with that we are ready to wrap it up. So you can find me on Twitter at LA underscore N-E-Y underscore S-H-A. Carolyn, where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Carrie, C-N-H-12, C-A-R-R-I-E-C-N-H-1-2. And yeah, I'm always on Twitter. As usual, as I said, I'm always tweeting, live tweeting on Saturday nights with Saturday Night Sci-Fi. Mm-hmm. Nisha and I are always on Twitter, like shading somebody or talking trash <laughs> or maybe thirsting after someone, you know. Thirsting. That's yeah. what we do. That's how we do. That's how we do. Shade and thirst. <laughs> um, that shade we're and gonna, thirst. We're going to get some merch and put that on a shirt. <laughs> it's what we shade do. And shade, thirst, and shade and thirst. Shade and thirst. Um, also, you can follow <laughs> our show. It is on also on Twitter at s-h-w-h underscore pod so yeah head over there join us we're going to be trying to doing more engagement over there with y'all we want to hear from y'all mm-hmm. like if, if there's movies you want us to watch if there's like suggestions you have if there's recommendations you have hit us up tell us um because we want to share your thoughts too and you're a part of our community and we appreciate your contribution to it so mm-hmm. without further ado i think that's all we don't really have any announcements oh wait i once again, next month, I will be at South by Southwest. I will do my Woo-hoo! my goal. I'm just going to put it out there into the universe because maybe by some chance he'll hear this. I'm trying to get that interview with Jordan Peele. I'm just... Oh, I, fingers crossed, fingers and toes crossed. Oh. So speak it, put it into the universe. And into also, the- oh, 
And also, since we're speaking about South by Southwest, yeah. like we're also t- trying to attend other cons this year. So like, yes. there's South by Southwest, mm-hmm. which is in April. In or March. March. And then there's March, sorry. And yeah. then there's um, STCC is in um, June. And we're hoping to go to San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And then there's also TIFF in September. And then, as I said, I'm hoping to go to the Busan Film Festival. That's in um, late October as well. So we would appreciate if you can donate to our, um, our PayPal. It's linked. It will be linked in our Twitter. And it will be linked also on the webpage here for... Yes. Um, Batwaido.com and again thank you again for listening and spread the word listen give us some film or show recommendations or even book recommendations that you would like us to watch or read Um, and yeah just have a good time everyone and stay safe and we'll see or I shouldn't say see what's the word we would use (laughs) we'll We'll see (laughs) y'all you'll hear us again next month (laughs) yeah I like that you'll hear us next month (laughs) alright bye y'all bye